0: Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. We see you all are joining us as far as uh, Facebook Live and YouTube and to our virtual congregation that is on Zoom and to those that are working with us today in the sanctuary, we want to welcome you as far as this morning's worship experience is concerned. Wherever you are right now, do me a favor, put those blessed hands together. Give God some praise in this place as well as in your space. Amen, amen. For those that are watching us on Facebook, YouTube, or engaging in our live chat room on our church website, Welcome to what we call St. Paul Online. This is our virtual space where we've been worshiping as far as this pandemic is concerned. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. So real quick, we want to invite you to share this experience with others. If you're watching on Facebook, share on your personal timeline without starting a separate watch party. We want to stay in the same chat stream. You can tag people whom you want to join and invite them to your post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our channel and text the link of this worship service to your personal network. We're over 1,000 subscribers. We want to get up to at least 1,500 before the fall. Amen. As far as subscribers are concerned. And if you're in the chat room on our church website, Click on the invite button in your chat window to share this experience with others. And as you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, or our church website, we want to know where everyone else is checking us out. So if you would, just type in the city and state where you're watching us from amen and share that as far as this moment is concerned. Uh, Minister Ben Pate is going to come. He's going to lead us in our worship experience this morning. So if you put put your hands together, let's give God some praise uh, as far as our worship venture is concerned.
1: Come on, everybody, put your blessed hands together. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. It's the beginning of the month. It's the first of May. This is the day that the Lord has made. He's been too kind. He's been too good. He's done too much for us not to praise him. Come worship with us as we sing our congregational hymn, Wonderful Words of Life. scripture reading this morning will be coming from Psalms 138, Psalm 138, and it will be read in its entirety. While you're grabbing your Bibles, if you can drop in the chat where you're watching this from so we can see what city and state that you're watching us from to let us know. We appreciate that. I will be reading from the New King James Version, Psalms 138, and it reads, I will praise you with my whole heart before the gods. I will sing praises to you. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For your name magnified your word above all your names. In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. All the Kings of the Earth shall praise you, O Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. Yes, they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord, through the Lord is on though the Lord is on high, yet he, yet He regards the lowly, but the proud he knows far away He knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will strengthen. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand will save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. The word of God for the people of God. Glory be to God. Let us go to God in prayer. Eternal God, our Father, our way maker, our creator, how wonderful you are, how delightful you are towards us, and how patient you are with us. God, we honor you, we thank you, and we praise you. God, we ask you that you just move in this service and have your way. Have your way, God. Break chains, God. Heal hearts renew minds, and begin to do what only you can do, God. Lift up lowly heads, and God, I ask you that you strengthen those that are feeling weak. God, that your name be glorified, and the people be edified, and demons be terrified. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
2: Unto the Lord, who is worthy of his name, and he's worthy of all the praise that we can give him each and every day. So, I want to thank you for worshiping with us and singing praises to our God collectively as one people, one church this morning. Man, let me say a big welcome um, to all of you that are joining us in service right now, to all of our kids, and to everyone that is watching. Uh, This is the part of our service where we will go into our impact moment, which is a message for the kids uh, that I believe God has uh, for them to hear, uh, spoken through me, Reverend Peyton C., uh, the children and youth pastor here at St. Paul. Um, Before I begin, I just want to say a special shout out um, to Deuce and Sanaya, McNeil, Tobias, Isabella, Courtney, and Calvin, and along with the Davis girls. I just want to say, man, you guys are awesome. I know that many of you are watching, and just know that I'm thinking about you all. As we head into our, uh, mo- our impact moment today, the message will be focused on God's love, guys. And the title of this message is God's love is different, 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 different. Our memory verse today comes from 1 John chapter 4, verse 11, and I'll be reading from the New International Version, which says this. Dear friends, since God so loved us, We also ought to love one another. Guys, our bottom line for this morning's message is this. Godly love sees the best in everyone. Godly love sees the best in everyone. As many of you know, a little over a month ago, on March 27th, I became married to my best friend, my bride, Taylor, or Tay, as I call her. Although I have only been married for over a month, guys, there are some lessons that I believe God has already taught me in marriage. First and foremost, you've got to make sure that you put things back where they belong. Amen. If there's a certain shelf or if there's a place that a pot or pan goes or a box of Cheerios should go on, you put it there. You may think it should go on the middle shelf, but you might be wrong, very wrong. It actually goes on the top shelf, shelf number one. Next, on a slightly more serious note, I've learned that marriage actually requires you to sacrifice. What I mean by this is that when you love someone, you got to be willing at times to put down or to put on hold the things that you want to do in order to help your partner out. I may really wanna watch the rest of the Atlanta Braves game, and I will, but first, I need to go do the laundry and I need to wash the dishes because Tay cannot come home to a messy apartment from work. No, sir, she cannot. Then last, but most certainly not least, this last lesson is one that I believe God has continued to teach me from the time that I began dating Tay and up until this point, and I'm still learning it. This last important lesson is that you have to see the best in your partner. When Tay does something wrong, my first response should not be to see the worst in her guys, but the best in her by choosing to love her like I believe God has shown me love to her by sending his son Jesus. And what if it isn't just Tay that I should see the best in, but it's also every person I meet, especially other Christians. From this lesson guys, I have found this to be true, godly love sees the best in everyone. Again, our memory verse from today says this, guys. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Dear friends is how John starts. I love, I love the beginning of this verse. Dear friends, this is how John talks or writes to some of his friends that also believe in Jesus like he does, Before this verse, guys, in verses nine and 10, he says that God has shown us, has shown Christians love by sending his one and only son Jesus into the world so that we might live our lives for him. Why? Because we've been forgiven of everything that we've ever done, everything that we've done wrong. And because of our belief in Jesus, we will have life with God forever in heaven and we'll have abundant life here on earth. This is amazing news and it's wonderful news guys for us to hear. And so but I but I want you guys to know that this love is not an ordinary love. Therefore that's why I've titled this sermon what my good friend Cameron often says when someone's acting a little different or something is a little different than even just ordinary different. It's different different guys. God's love is different different. It's a special kind of love. It's not only slightly better than today's culture that that tells us that love is just a feeling or that it's something small, but God's love is on such a higher priority than we can ever imagine or ever think of. So as my friend Cameron would say, God's love is different, different. Here's why. Guys, God's love is unconditional. And what I mean by unconditional is that there is nothing that we can do or not do for God to not love us. He will always love us. Nothing we do saves us from our sins. It is only Jesus. And it's through Jesus that he has pledged his love to us. God is quick to forgive when we repent and he freely gives of this love. Therefore, it is unconditional. There's no condition that can separate us from that love. God's love teaches us that true love sacrifices his love is unselfish guys that's why he was so willing to send Jesus to die for us because that's how much he loves us he would do anything for us including give his life and then lastly guys part of our main point for today God's love sees the Jesus in us It sees the very best what if I told you today that God sees the best in you well how would that make you feel If you believe Jesus died for you and rose again, that you have a relationship with him because of Jesus, man, this means that God does not hold our sins against us anymore, but that if we believe in Jesus, he sees Jesus. He doesn't see our sin, he doesn't see the wrong, he doesn't see the mistakes that we make, but he sees the Jesus in you because that's what Jesus took care of, amen? So God doesn't see the worst, guys. He actually sees the best, and he's trying to bring it out of all of us. God sees our potential to be more and more like his son. This, my friends, is how we should love each other. That's how I end in our talk today. Our love for others, everyone around us, but especially people in the church that are also believers, should be unconditional. We shouldn't hold back from loving the world and we most definitely should not hold back from loving those that say they also believe in our Lord and Savior. We're all a part of God's family. The world doesn't need to see us divided. It needs to see us united under this love. So when the world is in chaos, we can help show them the peace and the love that that Jesus has given us. When the world sees the love that we have for each other, guys, I believe that they'll have to ask where we found that kind of love. And then we can point them to Jesus Christ. So when our friends and family mess up, I want you guys to think, man, whether they know Jesus or not, we, we can challenge ourselves to see the Jesus in them. We can, we can see that Jesus in them, the potential that they have, and we can love them for who they ought to be, not who they're being in that moment. We all fall short, guys. We all need to be like Jesus. And that all starts with reminding ourselves of how God First, loved us. God's godly love sees the best in everyone. Will you close with me in prayer this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you, Lord, this morning and I thank you so, so very much, God, for your amazing love. I thank you for a love that sees the best in us, God, that sees the Jesus in us and it sees the potential that we have. Thank you for not seeing my mistakes, my sins. Thank you for not seeing our mistakes, God, and what we do wrong. But thank you, Lord, for seeing the best in us. You always have, and now help us to go and to see the best in everyone else. We love you, Lord, and in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you, guys. I love you all.
0: Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise at this place and in this moment. That is a preview of our preacher for Women's Day, Dr. Susan Johnson-Cook, my sister, better known as Dr. Sujay. We're looking forward to having her here. She's going to be here in person. Amen. And we're looking forward to the Lord doing a wonderful and a mighty thing as far as that worship experience is concerned. There are a lot of thank yous I want to give today, and the first one is to our Women of Worth ministry, who partnered with Giving Heart Project yesterday, and because of your generosity, Giving Heart will be able to distribute over 800 undergarment items to women of all sizes, amen, who need it in the Charlotte community. So if we could, let's celebrate our Women of Worth, let's give God praise for them, amen, amen. And also, I want to give a a thank you to our congregation for your generosity. We were able to serve 185 families this past week through our food pantry. Again, to Sister Felicia Nalls and all of those who work with her, thank you all so very, very much for your kindness and for the generosity you have demonstrated through your giving to be a blessing to others. And also, I just want to thank the Antioch Missionary Baptist Church, the New Hope Missionary Baptist Church, and the Friendship Baptist Church for sending us some food to help to give lift as far as our food pantry is concerned. And so a shout out to our sister churches for their kindness and for their generosity. I don't know about you, but if you've never joined us for a quick 15 as far as our prayer time is concerned on Wednesday night, this past Wednesday, you missed a treat. I couldn't even do my devotional or prayer time because the Spirit moved in such a mighty way on that telephone. I don't know what happened, but when I got there, people were praising God. People were... Uh, there, there was a deep, intense move of the Spirit. I wasn't going to interrupt that. I let them continue to do what they were doing. The Lord moved in a mighty and a magnificent way, and you can actually feel the very presence and the very move of God, even virtually, so uh, you want to join us for a quick 15. They get on at about 8 o'clock, have fellowship time. I come on at about 8.15, do a devotional, and seal it in prayer. And so you are able to join us. You can dial in and connect other people as far as that is concerned. Just also want to let you all know that uh, our Deacons Family Scholarship, is uh, re- they're receiving applications for uh, this school year. The scholarship is currently uh, for enrolled students. If you're interested, contact Pat Chambers at pattycake0812 at at or Laban Sessoms at lsess at hotmail.com for the application. The deadline for submission is June the 1st. Also, our academic resource ministry under the leadership of Dr. Sherelle Fuller and uh Deacon and Training, Tanya Grimes. They are receiving applications for scholarship and graduate recognition Sunday. Those forms are available online at stpaulbaptist.church uh, and just slash scholarship. You can check that out or email uh, Dr. Fuller or Sister Grimes at uh, arm at spbcnc.org to get your form. The deadline for submission is May the fourteenth, and we want to recognize our graduates from high school, community college, undergraduate, and graduate degrees. You can notify the church office so you can be recognized uh, by going to St. Uh, Paul Baptist Church Promotion. The deadline for submissions is Sunday, May thirtieth. Uh, those who register will be recognized after uh, our children's day worship service on Sunday, no, that ain't Sunday, June the 6th, that would be the following Sunday, which is the first Sunday, second Sunday, which would be June the 13th, Um, uh, that's how we're going to flow as far as that's concerned, graduate recognition Sunday, Uh, we will recognize graduates from high school and college, Um, the deadlines for submission on that will be June the 13th. You can register online to be recognized for our Graduate Recognition Sunday on June the 27th. Our guest preacher for that day will be Reverend Dr. Brianna K. Parker, who is the uh, founding curator of Black Millennial Cafe. Women's weekend, women's weekend, two Sundays away, two Sundays away. We're looking forward again to having Dr. Susan Johnson Cook with us as our guest preacher for that weekend. Um, The theme is, this is our Exodus, Friday, May the 14th, through Sunday, May the 16th. There's going to be a Zoom prayer call at 6 p.m. On that Friday, Saturday, they will host the First Lady's Tea, which will be attended virtually. Then on Sunday morning will be our worship experience. And um, we are asking, as far as an assessment is concerned, $100 for our women Fifty dollars for the men. We want to support our sisters and I'm going to of course support our sisters as far as $100 is concerned and so that's going to be our assessment as far as Women's Day is concerned. Again, ministry leaders, you need to get your budget forms in as soon as possible as we will make preparation to formulate our budget for the uh, physical year of 2021 2022. As we prepare to uh, move forward as far as uh, prayer is concerned, we have um, some concerns we want to bring before you. For funeral concerns, we want to lift up the family of Brother Willie Garner Jr., who is the son of disciple Bertha Garner. Uh, Those services will take place Saturday, May the 8th at 1 o'clock at the House of Rosedale here in Charlotte. We want to lift up the family of Sister Rosa McGuire, who is the uh, sister or disciple Queenie Myers Her services will be tomorrow um, At Beltham Missionary Baptist Church In Chicago Heights, Illinois So we want to cover Sister Queenie In our prayers um, Also as far as families That are experiencing bereavement We want to lift up the family Of Brother Simon Sessoms uh, The uncle of uh, Brother LeVon Sessoms um, The family of Brother William M. White the father of Disciple Marcella uh, Patton, the family of Sister Ramya Fuller, who is the um, step-grandmother of Disciple Yvonne Smith, the family of Oscar Williams Boyd, uh, the former husband of Disciple Gail Boyd, the family of Brother James Funches, the uncle of uh, Disciple Lynette Parker. Uh, And I also ask that if we could, uh, if you will, lift up my friend, my brother beloved, the Reverend Dr. Jesse Williams, Jr. His father died last Sunday. I asked you all to pray for him and I got word as we were ending our service that he had died and his services are coming forth on the following Monday in Delaware, uh, in Wilmington, Delaware. So we want to lift up uh, Sister Vanetta Williams, Jesse Williams, Jr. and Sean Williams. As far as sick and shut-in are concerned, of course, I want us to uh, remember Gina Pettis-Dean, who is in Texas right now, uh, dealing with um, some heart concerns, but we know that God is a healer. We want to lift up Reverend Dr. Paul Drummond, who is in the hospital, as well as uh, Lady Thomasina Drummond, who is uh, also doing her own healing, Chastity Stewart, We want to lift up Sister Cora Stitt, uh, who had been in the hospital and is now home. We want to cover her with our prayers. Brother Philip Dunstan and Brother Anthony Farr, who continues to rehab, Carisha Pickford, and then you'll see other names that have been on our sick and shut-in list for a long, long time. We want to, of course, cover and flank them in our prayers. And so as we move forward at this time, I'm going to ask that uh, Minister Ben Pate will come that he would take us to the throne of grace and uh, let us lay our care before our God knowing that God cares for us.
1: God, our Father, God, our Protector, God, our Keeper, we come before you humbly, God, with the names that have been called, the situations that have been stated. God, you know the ins and outs of every situation. And you know how to handle them. God, you know how to take care of them. God, for those that are grieving with loss today, God, we pray that you just you move close to them. God, we pray that you just surround them with peace and you have comfort in a form of a person that can help them get through. God, for those that are are sick and shut in and body is wrapped with pain, God, we pray for healing because we know that you're a healer. God, we know that nothing is too hard for you and we know that God, you have the final answer. So God, we, we lift up everyone to you today and we are reminded that you will never leave us and you will not forsake us no matter what the situation is and we can trust and know that, God, you have the perfect plan for our lives. So, God, as we as we lift our hands to you, God, and, and remind ourselves that, God, we look to the hills for which cometh our help, that our help comes from you, that we can hold our head high and walk in the power that you have resonated inside of us because we know that, God, you are in control. And because you are in control, we can rest. It is in your son's name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. If you believe that God is answering your prayer, can you give God the praise that he so richly and rightfully deserves right now? Amen. Come on, let's celebrate our God and let's venerate our God. At this time, at this time, as we celebrate God for answering our prayers, for giving us comfort and consolation through whatever we're going through in life, We have the wonderful opportunity to partner with our God through the act of giving. This is part of our worship. Uh, It is not an aside to worship. It is an integral part of worship. And so as we prepare to give right now, there are three ways you can give here at St. Paul. The first one is by uh, sending your check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205. Or you can drop off your check, money order or cash here at the church. Uh, just call to make sure, sure someone is here to receive your offering. We'll place it in a safe and, of course, count it on that following Sunday. Call the church at 704-334-5309 to make sure someone is here to receive your offering. Another way, you can give us through our website, through the acs or Church Life. And so you can give at that particular uh, aspect. And then the last way you can give is through the app called Givelify. Uh, If you don't have that app on your smart device, go to your app store, uh, download Givelify, search for St. Paul Baptist Church, Charlotte, North Carolina, connect it to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks, three clicks, you can give as far as giving is concerned. And so as we prepare to give, if you're able, if you're able, I want you to take your giving Or however you're giving, and place it in your right hand. We want to give God what's right, not what's left. Amen. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to partner with you and to give unto you through this wonderful aspect of worship. God, if you would, take these gifts of ours. For those that are practicing the discipline of giving tithes and offerings, blessed according to your word. For those who are stretching to do that, which is the bare minimum, increase their faith. And then, God, for those who feel like they don't have to give anything, as we used to say back in the deep, deep south, turpentine their mind until they come to understanding what it means to be connected to you in a very integral way. Show yourself mighty and strong, O God, in this moment of worship. And we will bless your name for that. And in the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. So if you will go ahead, click those devices, go ahead and give unto the Lord. And as we give, I want to thank you for your wonderful, wonderful Lord Jess. Uh We're going to hear from our uh, ensemble, and I ask that you all would pray for the preaching of
3: God's word. No matter what situation you are going through, if you turn it over to him. Glory, hallelujah.
0: He does not have to be selected. He just is who he is. Amen. And we we celebrate that God. Thank you to our ensemble who have blessed us this morning with their gift of song. I want to uh, call your attention to Philippians chapter 1. Look at verses 3 through 11. And I want to encourage you to, please, ma'am, please, sir, pay close attention as we work this text, uh, because there's a lot of teaching that I want to do as far as this uh, moment is concerned. Philippians chapter 1, starting at verse 3, Paul writes these words, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, key verse, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart in as 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 both in my chains and in defense and confirmation of the gospel. You are partakers with me of grace, for God is my witness. How greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. I want to preach for the time that is mine, a work in progress. A work in progress. How many of us have started something that we did not finish. I know that I have. I've left quite a few things undone. And those things became undone because of time or the intrusion of something else that called for my attention. Some of you may know what I'm talking about. Perhaps it It's a renovation project at home that's incomplete because your money ran low or because you became somewhat impatient with contractors. Maybe it's the college degree you started and life situations cascaded like a flooding rain saturating you until you dropped out. Perhaps uh, it's the health changes that your body is undergoing. You made changes in your eating habits, your exercise regimen, your daily routine, only to fall off that horse and you have not gotten back into the saddle again. Conceivably, it's the promise you made to get out of debt by getting rid of your credit card balances that have placed a financial chokehold on you. Whatever many of us have started, some of us have not been able to bring it to pass for some strange reason because of circumstances that have prevented us from accomplishing the task that will make our life a little bit more bearable. As human beings, we find ourselves going through the developmental process of becoming. We are between the choices of yesterday and the results of tomorrow while living in the here and now. As long as you and I have health, light, strength, and breath in our bodies, God is not finished with us yet. New paths to be created, new territories to be searched, new decisions to be made, new trails to be blazed, and new regions to be explored. However, this is important for our walk with God and our becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. When we are serious about being a disciple of Jesus Christ, we are being brought into an awareness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are becoming connected to the story of how the Holy Spirit is in us, with us, and for us. Therefore, when you and I fall under the light of the gospel, and it casts a shadow of benevolence towards others, we're no longer defined in terms of just gender, race, ethnicity, sexuality, background, or abilities. God is giving us a new definition, and God has given us a new model for humanity in the person and personality of Jesus Christ. Jesus, God in the flesh. Jesus, the express image of the invisible God. Jesus, the son of the living God. Jesus, the word made flesh. Jesus, the best example of humanity we will ever know who demonstrates how God wants us to live. Therefore, when we look at Jesus, Jesus shows us how to live concerning our relationship with God and how to live in relationship with each other. Now, I really need you to follow the flow of what I'm getting ready to say to you. Since God the Father and God the Son are one, God the Son did not think it was crazy to submit to God the Father. So the God who did not begin to be, that is, the God who is eternal, everlasting, and enduring, the God who reigns forever and ever, uh, became flesh. In God becoming flesh in the person of Jesus Christ, enters a human existence. In other words, eternity allows itself to be wrapped up in the flesh of time to enter a process of becoming. In Jesus, the one who is considered to be the Logos of God, and Logos is basically the word of God. Logos is where you and I get the word logic, Logic is how you and I process our reality through our mind. So really, Jesus is the fleshly articulation of the mind of God. So the fleshly articulation of the mind of God becomes flesh to show us how we are to live. The fleshly articulation of the mind of God, who does not have a beginning nor an ending, finds himself in a process of becoming by being born in a stable, and he becomes like you and I. In other words, God becomes human. God has to enter the human predicament to become a work in progress to demonstrate how the human experience should be lived out. Therefore, if Jesus who is God in the flesh, became a baby, had to be taught how to eat, how to read. He had to learn the Hebrew alphabet. He grew in wisdom and stature. He had to go through a developmental process. Then what about you and me? You and I cannot plead the fifth in this instance about not doing what God will have for us to do because Jesus showed us how to do what God will have for us to do. The real humanity of Jesus Christ is realized in flesh and blood terms. Jesus' humanity is no less real than our humanity in a context that is no less stubborn than our context. And since Jesus was an actual human being. Jesus, the Son of God, lived dependent on God, the Holy Spirit, in obedience to God, the Father, which allowed for Jesus to be the perfect human being. Are y'all following me right now? Am I making any sense to you? We are confronted with the same realities and the same possibility to obey God, to trust God, to serve God, to live for God, and to please God because of the indwelling power and presence of the Holy Spirit. This is what Paul is addressing to what I consider to be his favorite church. Contextually, Paul is in a Roman jail cell. However, as he starts putting pen to parchment, his mind wonders. To the attention and the affection and the affirmation of this church that Paul started as he preached the gospel. Paul is writing a thank you letter to the saints at Philippi for the appreciation of their financial gift. Their kindness has lifted his downtrodden psyche as he awaits his sentence in a Roman jail. He's about 800 miles away from them, but he is thinking about their kindness. Uh, They were partners of his in this gospel ministry. They shared his burden for getting the word of God out. So Paul prayed for them. He didn't put them in what I like to call the duty-bound club. But he had a joy that filled his soul as he called their name out in prayer. This in verses 1, in verses 3 and 4. He prayed for them. They prayed for him. And they supported his ministry with a monetary gift. So Paul is basically saying to his brothers and sisters at Philippi, I want to thank you all for the gift that you sent through Epaphroditus to help me and to lift my burdens uh, as I languish in this prison cell. However, Paul raises the expectation for the Philippians when he stated, God will complete the good work that God has started. In other words, the church and those who are being formed and fashioned into something remarkable and even miraculous, they will not even imagine what God is going to make of them. Look at Paul as he expresses his delight for what God is doing in the lives of those who have stretched forth their hand to help him, to bless him, who stood with him, who prayed for him, who worked with him as he shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. You and I, my brothers and sisters, for all of those that are watching us on Facebook Live, YouTube, uh, our church website, listening to us on the telephone, and even to the few that are gathered in the sanctuary to give lift, all of us are on the same journey as we progress into a deeper reality of what discipleship with Jesus Christ looks like. Paul shared how he hopes their love, their agape love will grow in knowledge. He is praying for his friends to experience and to grow in this wise love. It is a love, not some sentimental, gushy feeling, but a love that becomes the active agent to think better and to know better. This type of love, is not a romantic love. Uh, it's not an erotic love. It's not a friendship love. It's not even a family love, but it is an agape love, God's unconditional love. It is the love that loves the loveless. It is the love that extends to those who don't deserve it. It is rooted in the very essence of the personality and the being of God. And what I love about God is how God allows for you and I to walk this journey by faith and until it is completed on that day when time will be swallowed up in eternity on the day of Jesus Christ. This is what eschatology is all about. This is what the end times are all about. You and I who have been saved by the blood of the lamb, we're going somewhere. And Where we are right now is not where we shall be when God is finished with us. The person you are, the things you are doing, the thoughts you are having will not be uh, the person you are the things you will be doing and the thoughts you shall have when God is finished with you. As a matter of fact, the very essence of who we are is eschatological in nature because we are not what God will have for us to be. Paul articulates how he knows that God is going to do this. The word translated confident in the text speaks of the fact that that Paul has already settled it in his mind concerning the fact that the God who had begun a good work in the Philippians of giving them to missions would bring it to a successful conclusion right up to the day of Jesus Christ. And and I tell folks that when they start trying to worry about how God is going to move in what we call the eschaton or in the last days, I tell folks what my late mentor, the Reverend Dr. Samuel DeWitt Proctor said. He said that if you do what Jesus told you to do in the first coming, the second coming will take care of itself. You and I are nothing more and nothing less than a work in progress because where we are right now ain't where we shall be when God is through with us. So, so how is God beginning and completing this good work that God through Christ has started in us? Let me give you a few things and then I'll be done. First of all, God is working on us physically. That's a shout right there. God is working on us physically. When Paul reflects upon the people working with him Philippi, he, he remembered how they looked before he shared the gospel with them and how they accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. He remembered those pagan rituals that they engaged in. He, he remembered the belief systems that they practiced and how crazy and how strange those acts looked from a physical perspective some of them used to cut their arms because they thought that if they cut their arms and they bled before their pagan gods that their gods would answer them and and Paul is saying because I share with you this gospel that where you are and how you're looking right now you're going to look very different once I give you this word of God I don't know to whom I'm talking to right now but that may be your testimony that when you look back over your life, you have to admit how God has done some remarkable things in your life from a physical perspective. That when you think about all the things you used to do, where you used to go, who you used to hang out, what you used to eat, what you used to drink, what you used to smoke, what you used to shoot, what you used to snore, who you slept with and who you were dealing with and how you were looking raggedy and tired and trifling and beaten up and defeated. The culture had taken you through 40 acres and a mule. You look strung out. You look like you had drug monkey on your back. But when Jesus came into your life, he did a new thing in your life. You're able to say, I looked at my hands and my hands looked new and I looked at my feet and they did too. And you ain't talking about from a spiritual perspective. You have to testify if it had not been for the Lord coming in into my life. Ain't no telling where I be right now. You think I look bad right now? You should have seen me before Jesus came into my life. There are those right now who can testify from uh, an external perspective that you've been dealing with some stuff that only you and God knew about. On the outside, you didn't look like you were dealing with cancer. Preach Robert Charles Scott. On the outside, You didn't look like you were going through radiation. On the outside, you didn't look like you lost a loved one. On the outside, you didn't look like you were going through grief. On the outside, you didn't look like you are as old as you are. But you have to testify that God did some stuff on the outside that made you look a whole lot different than the hell you were going through. Am I talking to anybody on Zoom? Am I talking to anybody in the church? Am I talking to anybody on Facebook that have to testify? If it had not been for the Lord on my side, ain't no telling where I would be, but ain't no telling how you would look right now. So God has a way of working on us physically. Uh, Not only will God work on us physically, but but, but God is working in us mentally. (laughs) As God as God brings to pass what God is starting, not only does God have to do some stuff physically, but God's got to do some stuff mentally. Mentally. Paul Paul is hollering from the rooftop. God is doing a good work. Watch this. In us. In in, in, in us. In us. Not, Not only did the Philippians have a different look, but God was doing something on the inside. In, in, in chapter 2 of Philippians, Paul says, let this mind be in you that's also in Christ Jesus. The mental work is how Jesus had to change their mind and their attitude so they will act like they got some sense rather than behaving like pagans. Um, uh, let, let this mind be in you that's, that's also in Christ Jesus. Let, let, me, let me, if I could, just say that one of the reasons that, that I tried to stay away from shallow preaching, just trying to get you to give God a praise, but I try to take you into deep, waters when it comes to doctrine. And why you believe what you believe is because so many of us in today's culture don't know why we believe what we believe and so what we wind up doing is that the next thing that sounds good, that tickles our fancy, will flow with it because we have itching ears rather than an abiding spirit that will question and discern some of the mess that we hear across the radio, across the internet, on social media, and on our television. The reason that I try to take you out deeper because I understand that when the storms of life start raging, you need to have something deep to hold on to. The reason why so many church folks fall apart and the reason why so many church folks go after some of these crazy theologies is because they don't know why they believe what they believe and you don't know why you believe what you believe because you don't spend time in the word of God. You don't come to Sunday school. You don't go to Bible study. You don't read the word of God for your yourself but i believe i got at least 300 of y'all i'll make three or one that know that when you show up in sunday school and when you show up in bible study and when you show up as far as different teachers are concerned it's some stuff some folks can't bring over to you because you know it ain't nothing but a bunch of hogwash let this mind let this mind Being you, that's also in Christ Jesus. Now, let me, if I could, take you out a little deep for a moment because you got to understand that Jesus is the mind of God in the flesh, which means that Jesus is the fleshly articulation of God. So whatever you saw Jesus do. Doing It is the mind of God at work in the flesh. Teach pastor. Jesus had no problem doing the will of God because he's the fleshly articulation of the mind of God. Can I take you out deep for a moment? I'm having fun up here right now. Because when you think about the mind, you got to realize that there's a difference between the mind and the brain. Okay, can, can I take you out deep? See, see, the mind is to the brain what your spirit is to your body. Uh, uh, you can see the brain, but you can't see the mind. Uh, but you can witness the effects of the mind. That's why psychology has nothing to do with the brain more so than it does with the mind because it is a derivative of the word psyche. And the word psyche basically is the synthesis of what soul is. And soul is the synthesis of your flesh and your spirit. But your flesh and your spirit can't really move forward unless it has a mind that has been turpentine by Jesus Christ. Ah, uh, you, you can't see the mind, but you sure can witness the effects of it. You can't see the mind, but you can detect the negative attitude from the mind. You can't see the mind, but you can glean the mean disposition from the mind. You, you can't see the mind, but you can discern uh, the evil intentions that derive from the mind. You, you, you can't see the mind, but you can be healed by a kind word that comes from the mind. As a man thinketh. So is he or she. Uh, you can't see the mind, but you can be uplifted by the generosity that is created from the mind. You, you can't see the mind, but you can be encouraged to be great by the words that are dropped on. That's why you got to be careful by the stuff that enters your mind. Let, let me press my claim even further. That's, that's, why, that's, that's why we got to be careful. Cause See, whether you want to admit it or not, sister and brother, All of us are naughty by nature because of sin. Uh, Yeah, yeah, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And since you and I are naughty by nature, something has to occur in our cognitive consciousness. Your cognitive consciousness is the mind. Something has to occur in the mind not to get the body right, but to get the mind right. Because if the mind get right, the body going to follow. <laughs> if you get your mind right, your body will do the right thing it's supposed to do. See, a lot of our problems ain't with the body. A lot of our problems is with the mind. And a lot of our problems with the mind is how we think. And the reason that we all know how to think it's because of the stuff that we put in the mind. That's why Paul said, therefore, beloved brothers, by the mercy of God, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. But here's the show. And don't be conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Ah. Uh-huh. I've discovered, i discovered, i discovered, Deacon's Read, that a long life journey, the reason why we can't reform, transform, and inform is because our mind ain't right. But I guarantee if you get that mind right, you'll be surprised what you'll be able to do. When you get your mind right, you can live right. When you get your mind right, you can do right. When you get your mind right, you can talk right. When you get your mind right, you can walk right. If, see, if it was just simply your willpower, <laughs> we could have done that a long time ago because you'll need the Holy Ghost with your willpower. But I've discovered, oh God, I'm having fun with this thing. I've discovered that even with my intellectual intelligence self, my mind can pay tricks on me because my mind can't distinguish what's real from what's imagined that's why when some of you have hallucinations you think that stuff is real because the mind can't determine what's real from what's imagined that's why you got to get your mind right because your mind will determine your attitude. That's why you got to get your mind right. Uh, because your mind will determine your aptitude. That's why you got to get your mind right. Uh, because your mind will determine your attitude, your altitude. Uh, in other words, uh, what we think uh, will determine how we feel. Uh, and how we feel will determine how we move. Uh, and how we move will determine where we go. Uh, and where we go will determine where we end up. Uh, and where we end up will determine whether God or smile because God knows uh, how high he wants us to go, how far he wants us to do, and what he is making us to be. God is trying to get our minds right. Uh, not only is God trying to get our minds right, but God is working through us, through us spiritually. Uh, spiritually, spiritually. Uh, the spiritual aspect of God completing God's work in our lives is how God puts God's spirit not on us, but in us, so God can do something through us. So it's not just enough to get my mind right, but I also got to get my spirit right that will regulate and control my mind. The reason my mind is messed up It's because the Spirit ain't right. The church at Philippi, the church at Philippi had no problem being Paul's partners in the gospel because they had the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wasn't making them dance, shout, speak in tongues and all that. No, the Holy Spirit empowered them to do the work of ministry. This is why they had no issues blessing Paul in his ministry because they had the right spirit. Notice in, in verses 7 and 8 how, how Paul lifts up what I call judicial or courtroom terms. The, the, the word defense in the Greek is apologia, and, and they are given an apologetic on the defense of the gospel. It refers to an attorney taking his client off from a charge, and giving a verbal defense. Paul is getting ready to defend his faith before others in Rome. And in this joint participation with his sisters and brothers of Philippi in defense of the gospel, they become partners of his in that defense. Uh, uh, they, they, They could not have done that if the Holy Spirit hadn't been working through them to prop Paul up when others had let him down. And, and, and you, got, you got to understand that when you do the work of the Lord, there are going to be some times, some folks you thought you could trust, you find out they'll leave you hanging. You, you will discover that folks that you thought you could depend upon, uh, they'll drop you like a bad habit. But, but that's not the case here as far as the church at Philippi is concerned. As God brings to pass what God wants to do in our lives, God uses the Holy Ghost to work through us, to empower us to do things we thought we could not do in and of ourselves. All I'm trying to do is let you know that whatever you do for the sake of the kingdom, you better do it under the power of the Holy Ghost. You and I can't preach without the Holy Ghost. You and I can't sing without the Holy Ghost. You and I can't teach without the Holy Ghost. You and I can't love without the Holy Ghost. You and I can't live without the Holy Ghost. You and I can't worship without the Holy Ghost because when God gives us the Spirit, it is so that we can rely Not upon our strength, but upon the power of God. And when we rely on God's spirit... God will do something mighty, magnificent, and miraculous, and when God does it, don't you take the credit for it. You better give God the credit. That's why Zechariah said, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Whatever good and wonderful thing that comes through, whatever you're doing, learn how to give God the praise and the credit. Because when you give God the praise and the credit, God's name, Is on the line, but when you try to take the praise and the credit, your name is on the line, and your name ain't no match for the name of God. Let me get out of here.
3: Let me get out of here.
0: Um, God is working on us physically, God is working in us mentally, God is working through us spiritually, but finally, God is working for us eternally. Um, uh, uh, That's in the last two verses that I want to drop on you. Paul picks up this refrain of prayer, as he says to his sisters and brothers, I want you to grow, I want you to grow in the knowledge and the discernment of God. Paul Paul is saying that after you've gone through your trials and your tests, and when you come to a better understanding of how to live as a disciple of Jesus, don't become a stumbling block to other folk. Uh, in, in other words, don't become so knowledgeable in who God is through Jesus Christ that nobody can tell you anything. Uh, 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 don't, don't become so puffed up in your theology uh, that, that nobody can show you anything. Uh, You got got to keep in view that when Jesus comes back, uh, he's coming back to get folks that he's got to finish up because even as we grow in the grace and knowledge of God, we are always in the process of becoming, but we won't be everything we need to be here on earth that you and I will be glorified either when we die or when Jesus returns and takes us up. All right, because the church at Philippi thought Jesus was coming back a lot sooner. And and they were looking for this completed work to, to, to be done. Uh, Let let, let me go ahead and finish up my little Sunday school lesson real quick. This is how God works for us eternally. Because when Paul was alive, at that time, Rome was the most significant power ever known. Uh, Everybody wanted to have an alliance with Rome. Rome had military might. Rome had political might. Rome had economic right. Before Rome, it was Greece. Before Greece, it was Babylon. But now it's Rome. And and Rome was accustomed to going into any situation and using their military, economic, and political might to crush whatever rebellions that existed. Uh, But Paul is saying, Rome... It's all right, but you need a different kind of power to deal with what you get ready to go through. Uh, Paul is saying that we got to have a different power, love dynamic that's not rooted in this world, but that is rooted in God, the God of eternity. It, it is what German theologian Martin Luther calls the left-handed power of God. See, the right-handed power of the culture, of the world, is brute strength. It is military might. It is political savviness. It it is personal ambition. It is gold and silver. And I want you to know that right-handed power can always be defeated by right Handed force. But the left-handed power is the power of love. Left-handed power is the power of forgiveness. The left-handed power is the power of giving. And I want you to know that Rome may have been the power of the day, but Rome as a power does not exist anymore. But how many of y'all know that there's still a greater power in uh, the universe? And that power is the power of God. And uh, that's what God did uh, way back in eternity. When God uh, prepared uh, a cosmic altar for your sins and my sins to get us right. Uh, Because... uh, The crucifixion of Jesus Christ is the best expression of the left-handed power of God. See, yeah, I'm beginning to get my help now. See, uh, the right-handed power of Rome, the right-handed power of the Pharisees, and the scribes uh, uh, had Jesus uh, placed on uh, an old rugged cross. Uh, it was the right-handed power of Rome and the right-handed power of Jerusalem uh, that thought they had uh, secured the death of Jesus when they stretched him high On that old rugged cross on what we call Good Friday. And and I could see Pontius Pilate saying, I've washed my hands uh, of that man. Uh, I I could see Judas saying, I made a mistake and I'm going uh, to take my own life. Uh, I could see the Sanhedrin Council saying, uh, It's good uh, we got this man uh, out of my hair. Uh, That's the right handed power of the world. But I want you to know uh, that God is so strong uh, that God does not have to use his right hand uh, in order to get us right. Uh, That God can come with the left hand uh, and do some things that you and I never imagined. Can I preach it the way that I feel it? Uh, It was by the right hand of Rome uh, and the right hand of Jerusalem. Uh, They killed your Lord and my Lord. Uh, But I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad uh, that Three days later, the left hand of God raised Jesus up from the dead. And Jesus said, I got all power in my hand. And that's not only his right hand, but it's also his left hand. And I stopped by to let you know that if I'm going to be in anybody's hands, I don't want to be in the hands of the government because the government is insufficient. I don't want to be in the hands of men and women uh, because their hands get weak. Uh, I don't want to be in the hands of my friends uh, because every now and then they got to go to sleep. Uh, uh, I don't want to be in the hands of good church folks uh, because church folks will turn on you. Uh, But I have discovered that when I'm in the hands of God, uh, that there's something uh, special uh, about God's hands. Uh, In his left hand, he has time. Uh, In his right hand, he has eternity. Uh, In his left hand, he has day. Uh, In his right hand, he has night. Uh, In his left hand, he has goodness. Uh, In his right hand, he has mercy. Uh, In his left hand, he has justice. Uh, In his right hand, he has righteousness. Uh, In his left hand, he's got power. In his right hand, he's got peace. Uh, In his left hand, he has healing. Uh, In his right hand, he has help. Uh, In his left hand, he's got life. Uh, In his right hand, he's got death. Uh, But I'm glad uh, that God takes both hands uh, and makes us be uh, what God will have for us to be. Uh, You and I are like the potter uh, on the potter's wheel. Uh, and when we mess up, uh, when we fall short, uh, God doesn't throw us away. Uh, but God takes his hands uh, and he reshapes us. He reforms us. He transforms us into what he wants us to be. Uh, am I talking to anybody that this is your testimony? Uh, I may not be what you think I should be, uh, but I thank God uh, that I'm not what I used to be. Uh, Do I have anybody staying afraid to testify uh, that if God started it, God will finish it, Uh, that if God began it, God will end it, Uh, that if God lifts it, God will secure it. Uh, So please be patient uh, with little old me. Uh, God is not through with me yet Uh, because when God gets through with me, uh, I shall come forth. I said I shall come forth. I said I shall come forth as pure gold. Do I have anybody that ain't afraid to testify? Aren't you glad that God did not kick you to the curb when you messed up the very first time? That God did not kick you to the curb when you messed up on your second time that God did not kick you to the curb when you messed up on your 10th time. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I know I'm on my millionth time. And when I look back over all Should see me, uh, and I'm not uh, walking right. uh, If you uh, should hear me, uh, and I'm not uh, talking right, uh, please remember uh, what God uh, has done for me. uh, Because when He gets through, when He gets through, uh, when He gets through uh, with me, uh, I shall be. we shall be we shall be
3: what he wants us to be if you ain't too scared if you ain't too afraid to lift up your hands give god praise
0: because you are a work in progress he ain't through with you yet he ain't finished with you yet he's got more power to give to you more grace to show to you, he's got more mercy to sprinkle your way, he's got more help to send your way, he's got more of himself to reveal to you. So, I want to say thank you, I want to say thank you, I want to say thank you, I want to say thank you for not being finished with me yet all of us that's part of this human equation. Oh, work in progress. And I'm glad, I'm glad that God ain't through with me yet. Now, that's not good English, but it's great theology. I'm glad (laughs) that God is not through with me yet. And and, and here is why, here is why, you and I ought to be so gracious, particularly with those who may not know Jesus Christ in the pardon of your sin. Just remember where the Lord brought you from. Remember what God has done in your life. As we prepare to open the doors of the church to give someone an opportunity out there who may not know Jesus Christ in the pardon of their sins, I want to lead you in a prayer right now. prayer of new life, a prayer of forgiveness, a prayer of connection. And if you are watching us live stream, I'm going to give you some instructions. In a moment, on what we want you to do. So, if you wouldn't mind, right now, bowing your heads for a word of prayer, and if you would, repeat this prayer after me God, I thank you that you're not through with me yet. And I thank you for giving me an opportunity to get right with you. I want you as my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of all my sins. Help me be the person you want me to be. I come and submit to Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you for the gift of salvation. Help me become what you want me to be. In Jesus' name, I prayed this prayer. Amen. Amen. If you're watching us online, if you're watching us on Facebook Live, on YouTube, if you're watching us on Zoom, if you're listening to us on the radio, guess what? We just prayed a prayer of new life, a prayer of salvation. And if that prayer meant something to you, if you are serious about having God in your life because you're not saved by works, you're saved by your faith in Jesus Christ, if you want that relationship with God and you want it to be, to become even more concrete, um, I want you to email us on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, email us at connect at spbc.org. If you're watching us on Facebook Live or on the website, type in Salvation in the chat box. One of our digital ministers will connect with you and will let you know what the next steps are in order to kind of seal that prayer if you listen to us on the phone email us at connectedspbc.org or call the church office at 704-334-5309 leave your name and your number someone by 5 o'clock tomorrow evening will have reached out to you to let you know what you need to do to connect with you and to help seal that process you may be watching saying listen pastor I'm already saved I know who Jesus Christ is but I would love to make St. Paul my church home. I would love to become a part of the tribe, the fellowship of St. Paul. We would love to have you. I would love to be your pastor. These men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. We are receiving people virtually. So guess what? If you're on YouTube, just email us at connect at spbc.org. Email, I want to join your church. Or type connect in the chat box on Facebook or website. One of our digital ministers or social media influencers will reach out to you or email us at connect or call the church office 704-334-5309 say, hey, I heard the preacher preach yesterday. I want to become a part of St. Paul. Leave your phone number, a number where we can reach you. Leave your number so we can reach out to you and let you know what next steps are. At this particular time, we thank God for all of those that are responding to this move of God right now. And and we're getting ready to serve the Lord's Supper. And so I want you to do me this favor, if you would, go get your your, um, communion elements. Get your communion elements. Um, We have uh, Deacons Prince and Deborah Reed that are in the house. They're going to take care of us internally. And so I'm going to ask that they would come to the lord's table right now but we want you to get your elements right now if you will move get your elements get your elements if you don't have your elements we want you to get your elements As far as your elements are concerned, if you have grape juice or unsalted crackers or bread, we invite you to uh, get your elements at this time. And as we prepare to celebrate and commemorate the Lord's Supper, let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. God, we come and at this time we reflect. And we can only imagine how you transformed that meal from the Passover meal on that fateful Thursday night into a meal for your church. And as we come, oh God, we ask for forgiveness of our sins because we know in and of ourselves, none of us are worthy. But we don't want to do this in an unworthily way or in an unworthy manner. We want to be sober, somber, and reflective. We don't want to treat this as a meal for our physical hunger. But we do want to treat it as a remembrance meal for what you did on a hill called Calvary. By becoming the Lamb of God. By becoming our sacrifice. By becoming our propitiation. So God, thank you for allowing us to have this meal. It is in the name of Jesus we pray, the one who is the Lamb of God. Amen. My brothers and sisters, it was on a fateful Thursday night when Jesus took a loaf of bread. He lifted it toward heaven. He blessed it. He broke it. He said, take, eat. This is my body that should be given for thee. Let us eat. Likewise, he took a common cup. He lifted it and he gave thanks to his father. He told his disciples, I want you to drink all of this, for this is the blood of the new covenant that's going to be shed for the remission of sin. I shall not drink this anew with you until I drink it in my father's kingdom. Let us drink at this time. Amen. The Bible says afterwards they sang to him and they went out into the Mount of Olives. We shall do likewise as we prepare to leave from this moment of worship and give God praise for who God is. We've come to worship. We now depart to serve. We leave this space virtually and this place physically to go out into the world and to demonstrate the love, the grace, the mercy, the forgiveness, the compassion, the generosity of our God and all that God has done with us. Remember, you and I are works in progress. Thank God he ain't finished with us yet. Let us bow our heads for a word of prayer as we move forward. God, we thank you for what our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, and our spirits have experienced in this place. And as we leave from this place and space, we pray that you will remind us and empower us that we are a work in progress. Dismiss us from this moment, but never from your presence. Keep us in your sovereign care until you bring us back together to engage in your word, your work, your witness. And your worship. And now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeding joy. So I God be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. And the people of God said, Amen. Listen, God loves you. God loves you. Continue to wear your mask, practice social distancing. Uh, wash your hands, and those who feel led, please get vaccinated. That's the only way we're going to be able to, in some shape, form, or fashion, come back to church in some semblance. God bless you all. See you all on next week.